Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for the show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync, so even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account so ambitious companies have the precision control and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Tell me about your award. Oh, my award. Well, first, the haze. Let's talk about the haze. I'm. You're so lucky to be in London. Uh, you know, you London. shame me. I want to... I want to talk about your award, oh. and you're immediately <laughs> okay. like, no, Scott, there's a journalist in the that. house. We're going to order this correctly. <laughs> All right. My award was great. Thank you for asking. It was uh, with um, Choosing Creativity Award. Um, it's a it's wonderful organization run by the Crims. Um, mm-hmm. And George uh, Hahn and Stephanie uh, Rule gave me the award. I was hoping you would be there, but you're in London. Um, and it was great. It was mm-hmm. really nice. It was lovely. I was you know, in New York for four seconds, but... Um, and I stayed at your place, which was lovely. Um, but it was great. It was a. It was. It's. It was nice to be out in New York. It was nice to be at an event. Um, mm-hmm. for a good event, it was. It, they're all another. One of the other winners was this amazing light artist. Um, so it's people who choose creativity, like myself. I choose creativity. Choose creativity. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's, it's a, a It's a program. No, it's a program for kids to mm-hmm. sort of a, a ten point program to get kids to be that they bring to schools to mm-hmm. to focus on creativity it's great um you know a lot of kids just do rote stuff and don't think about you know in this time of ai especially it's important to think about hmm. what differentiates us as humans compared to computers and, and your mom was there she was there nice so the pictures. whole thing yeah. the whole package it was lovely and uh, George brought uh, one of my favorite country music artists, Shelley Wright, uh, and Lara came. Lara's our producer. Yes, Lara's our producer. And uh, mm-hmm. let me just say, my mother's a little hurt. She says you hurt, you hurt her feelings sometimes. <laughs> I hurt her feelings? How did <laughs> I do that? Show. I hate to think I that. don't know, I every now and then, uh, for really? saying she's not fun uh, at parties. <laughs> uh, well, she's the most fashionable person at the party. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But she she needs you to understand yeah. she's fun at parties. Just oh, so I, you know. I hate to think I bring anything but joy to Lucky's life. Uh, well, anyway, she just wants you to know that. She's a that lot she's of fun. She's fun, that she's a good time. <laughs> she's a good time. Well, you know, Charlie. you usually get awards 
<laughs> these types of awards are usually given to people for one of two reasons. One, because of their accomplishments and achievements, or two, because they're really on the back nine. That's they're right. Starting I'm on to the slow back down. nine. It's I like, keep saying that. I keep getting uh, Get them to accept the things. award before the start, start drooling. I mean, so yeah. which was yeah. this? <laughs> which <laughs> this was, was this? This was the beginning. This is this the, beginning is the beginning of awards for Kara. Yeah, you yeah. know, there'll be one. There'll be a roast, and you hopefully will go to that one. They'll be, they just want to well, raise money. Well, I'll only fun. go if Party yeah. Chick Lucky shows up. All right. She's, you and her, can you imagine you two on the town? That would be very funny. Speaking of parties, it's Alex's prom tonight. I'm very excited. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is he so, taking, I don't, I don't want to reveal too much. Is he taking yes, his, his, his girlfriend from yeah. Texas? Yes, indeed. Heidi. Um, and uh, she, he went to her prom uh, where she wore a pink thing. And so his cummerbund and tie were per pink, I think. That's and nice. now they're yellow. They're going yellow, yellow rows Good of Texas. Yeah. So, that's and Louis great. driving them as the driver. He's oh, gonna that's put, right. <laughs> my ex-wife bought gloves and a hat for him, so he's doing That's thing. hilarious. I know. It's going to be good. That's so, nice. Take a uh, bunch of pictures. That'll be, that'll be fun. I shall. It's also Pride uh, Day at the White House. They're going to invite all the gays to the White House today. So it's a lot going on here in Washington, along with the haze, as I will bring in. Uh, you are not in New York or, or Washington or the East Coast. It's mm -hmm. really – it's not – Worse than what happens in California all the time, you mm -hmm. know, every year. But I think a lot of people are super freaked out because they've never experienced it. Um, and it's quite unhealthy um, what's happening. Um, but people are, I, they, they don't, they've never seen anything like it. It looks like you're in a, you've posted a number of funny pictures uh, about from movies, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, from, you know, futuristic movies, that's what it looks like. It looks exactly like that. So. Yeah, I always find that coming from California, Californians don't scare easily because we have to we have mm -hmm. to live through like super yeah. fires and earthquakes. Yeah, I remember when I worked at the Morgan Stanley, the LA office of Morgan Stanley, and we had earthquakes. You yeah. could tell who was from New York. The New Yorkers would like freak out, yeah. start pounding Xanax, and head home. Right. And the Californians were like, "Oh, it's an earthquake!" And I mean, yeah. you barely even stopped working. <laughs> it was just... Yeah, it's interesting. I feel I feel like that too. I'm, it, you know, I I don't I don't want to not take it seriously, but there was like so much, and I think you should wear masks too, by the way. But mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh, is this bad? Like, because it's not as bad. You know, it doesn't smell smoky, at least in Washington. Um, it, it has a vague sense of smoke. I mean, it obviously looks hazy and there's the orangeness of it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's true. Californians are all schooling. They're, they're, they're like, really? Get used to it. Um, I think it's actually going to go on for, I think there's going to be a lot of wildfires up in Canada. Um, but it's amazing how inter it reminds you of the interconnectedness of our world. Like feels very Blade Runner, the pictures I've seen. It does. It does. New York particularly. And it's it's freaky. It is freaky for people. And so maybe they'll think about it. You know, here's a visual representation of No, I always tell people, don't go outside. And don't also, outside. just in general, when there's <laughs> ever any problem anywhere, yeah. a decent go-to, blame Canada. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Canada and Back Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew Ross Sorkin. It's his fault. This entire is his thing fault. is his fault. Uh, yeah. um, there's a lot to talk about. There's yeah. so much news. I mean, I mean, like literally, Trump's possible indictment is not even on the top of the list. But nonetheless, that's coming too. Uh, and Chris Christie's, uh, by the way, is highly entertaining, having entered the presidential race. There's all kinds of things to talk about. Anyway, today we'll talk about disturbing news from Instagram. How bad actors may be using the networks to exploit children. To truly a heartbreaking story. Uh, and, and of course, not a surprise how 
sloppy of uh, Meta as being about it. Also, a controversial merger in the world of golf. I'm going to look to you to explain this to me, but people are pissed. Um, and we'll make some predictions. And speaking of that, uh, when we got 100% right, as I predicted the night before, Chris Licht is out at CNN. I tweeted, like, tomorrow is happening. Essentially, it's happening right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Discovery CEO David Zaslav announced the exit to the company in a memo saying Licht, quote, poured his heart and soul into the job. Uh, Zaslav took the blame for Lick's short tenure, saying, ultimately, it's on me. I take responsibility because completely on him. Internal team of program executives, another person I said would probably get this job, Amy Antelis, for example, will serve as acting leadership during the search for the new CEO. Shares of the company jumped 8% at the news. Uh, I, I'll i give you a shot at a prediction for you. By the way, you predicted this too. And we'll, let's play that first, then we'll talk about who the new CEO might be. Attention. Well, you realize Chris Licht having a conversation with me probably means he's going to be fired in the next 90 days. Ah. I'm literally <laughs> typhoid Mary when it comes to anyone <laughs> on television. There you go. Anytime someone's talking to Scott, they're going to lose their job um, or something bad's going to happen. So well, who do you think the new CEO is going to be? Who would you pick? Uh, I don't know. I just, I've, I've been thinking it's a small about- small list. Yeah, it's, and getting smaller. I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think Jeff's going to come back for it. No, um, I was teasing on that poll. The, I mean, there's a few things here. There's uh, an Amy Antelis who's well-regarded, but I don't Very. think, I think they see her as an interim CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really there's a few things that struck me as interesting here, and the, and what people people always tend to talk about or tend to focus on the top guy or gal, and something that they don't recognize is the importance and the impact on the ground of when your bench leaves. So <laughs> soon after Zucker left, and they decided, you know, new strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. I think John Malone is quite frankly the puppet master here, and they yeah, said we're going to pivot like to the it. center. And so, for example, I worked closely with uh, Rebecca Cutler and Andrew Morse. Who were at NBC and Atlanta Constitution now. They've gone. But they were both senior level executives. Totally. Very competent. Highly competent. And very strong. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was taping my show for CNN Plus, you know, Rebecca just kind of swept into the room and said, stop and said, Scott, you're not a comedian. You're a professor. I want you to get Mm -hmm. back to. But she has those sort of creative instincts. Mm -hmm. And her ability to kind of cut a swath between talent, ability to manage them, and then create programming that worked. And yeah, then she's Andrew, working on the Jen Psaki show, but, uh, which has been a hit. And then Andrew really understood mm-hmm. digital, the intersection of digital and media. And I remember being at the event when they announced CNN Plus, mm-hmm. and he comes across as a leader. When when you clear house like this, the, the, the lesson here is, in my opinion, a couple of things. One, the first is, and I've always thought this and said this on boards, when you bring in a new CEO, the new CEO, you can um, their first test is if they want to clean house or they want to sit the top lieutenants down mm-hmm. and give them something and make them feel loved and keep them on campus. Because it's not easy to find you know, four-star generals. We all, we talk about the five-star general. We talk about mm-hmm. the stream allied commander, but your four-star right. generals are really, really important. And a lot of, Scott Matthews, my producer left, so many people left that were really good. That takes a toll. The other big lesson here is that I think I got this wrong. I think I've been hoping all along that there is a market for a 
more moderate network. And you know what? I think I'm wrong. I think people watch these shows not to be informed, but to feel good and be entertained. Although I'm going to push back on that. I think he just was was all about Chris in a lot of ways. A lot of talking about himself, a lot of his theories. He should have shut up a lot more. I think he talked about But that's not what got him fired. No, 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 no. But I think he just had the wrong instincts. I don't think it was trying to be... um, centrist. I think it was declaring it as a rule without thinking. I think Christiana Manapur, again, had the right thing. It's like, it's not centrist to be wrong. Like, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just to give everybody air if someone's wrong. Like, I think she, I think he was like conflating political stuff with actual news. And they broke a ton of news this week. I, I, I like mm-hmm. at least six stories are really good reporters by CNN broke them. I've read this week, uh, around Trump, uh, Caitlin Collins broke several. Um, you know, they're good when they're good reporters. If they're right, that's all that they just have to be accurate, I think. And I think that's, I, I get what you mean about being centrist, but I think his idea of centrist was not journalism. It was just, and he said, and he said, which is not journalism. And it's wherever the cards lay, that's where it is. And let me just say, they have the three people they have there. I have huge regard for Amy and Tellis. Um, uh, there's a woman named Virginia Mosley who does, you know, a lot of their political stuff in national news, and a guy named Eric Sherling who does other stuff. So it's a troika. I, I honestly, I, they should just give it to Amy. Amy is quite loved there. She's got the calmness they need. She's created amazing journalism. She did the Navalny documentary. She. He's even responsible for Stanley Tucci. She's very smart. You know, the Stanley Tucci show, which is terrific Mm -hmm. about Italy. Just a lot of talent, a heavy amount of talent. She's the kind of person, it's like she can make just good stuff. Like, that's what they need to do. Um, Even if it's a declining asset, even if audience is leaving, I think really good content tends to do okay, even if it's a slightly smaller business. They have great reporters. They do. Mm -hmm. And they have to stop talking about CNN. Like that's what they, and that's what he did. He talked a lot without knowing a lot initially and had a lot of pronouncements um, and made a lot of stupid errors. I mean, so many, so, so many, including but the when, market. If you, the market was up 8% on the news. And I thought, why would the market, why would the market perceive yeah. this? I think that was the biggest stocking that Warner Brothers Discovery has had or Discovery Warner Brothers or HBO, Chili Bagadonis, what the fuck they're calling themselves mm-hmm. now. But if they, it was up 8%. And I think what the market was saying is, polarization pays and they see this as that they'll probably go back to their roots of Maybe. more of a very of a like a very partisan anti-trump hard left uh, network i think right or wrong whether that's what they're doing they were never that i mean msnbc you certainly can argue is much more and, and look none what's of them happening msnbc is well. kicking the shit out of them yeah but they're still declining this is well they're declining all declining but, yes they're but, all declining but cnn's decline has kind of been historic yeah. here yeah they were kicking their audience in the teeth well okay i'll push it back to you that is okay. my thesis for why the stock chris okay. lick doesn't move the stock eight percent leaving yeah. doesn't move the stock eight percent what i think moves the stock eight percent is the market goes you know what uh, there's there's money in polarization or there's money in being more whatever you want to call it. Or it is partisan. what it is and you don't kick your audience in the teeth, right? It is what it is. It, 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 the New York Times is what it is. You know, whatever you happen to describe it, you certainly, depending on where you're sitting, you have an opinion about the New York Times and you know what you're getting as a product. Well, going back it to just, its roots, yeah. whatever you want to call well, it. Well, I think news, I think they're really good at breaking news. I think they can be news mm-hmm. without having to declare constantly they're centrist. That that was just so, it was it was very much David Zaslav. Let me say, I think Chris was a proxy for him. I've had conversations with him that I find vexing uh, around his theories of journalism, which I, I'm sorry to say, I think he's a very smart programmer, but 
honestly. It's like talking to my uncle about journalism. I just, I'm like, what? I said what a lot during our conversation. And so he needs to like let the professionals take over and see if they can make good programming. That's really what he needs to get the fuck out of the way. Is what he. I don't want David Zasloff to pronounce on journalism. I really don't. I have. I don't not, think I'm, he is though. I, I think he, he does. He does. He at does. At CNN. Yes. 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 Uh, it's very clear. I think the it person in the Chris. room here is John Malone. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I think David, ha- you know, worships at the altar of John Malone. I don't think it's already in his DNA mm-hmm. um, to start with. Um, anyway, there's some names. Neil, no, Oppenheim was brought up. Um, you know, I bet Phil Griffin got a call. These are all NBC people. There's a, there's a bunch, probably some people at- Linda Yaccarino. <laughs> you know what? Linda Yaccarino, this is the job for her. She would kick the fucking ass out of this place with business. It's yeah, being run by David Levy. Is she a Trumper? I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, she's good at selling it. She was at NBC. They're not the most uh, uh, Trumpy no, group of people. Happen. Uh, we'll see. Linda's at, at right now. She's finding toilet paper somewhere. That's what she's doing. She's at, busy. At, <laughs> seriously, she's all locked up for the next 90 days at least. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 90 days. All right. Well, that's a different thing. Uh, speaking of Twitter, Tucker Carlson debuted his new Twitter show, and Fox News immediately says he violated his contract. In a letter, Fox News lawyers say that Tucker's deal makes him exclusive to Fox, and he's not allowed to perform over a network via streaming, which is exactly what he's doing. Lawyers for Carlson said any legal action would violate his First Amendment rights. Uh, Fox reportedly aims to keep Carlson locked into a deal until 2025. This is delicious. It's fantastic. You know, he signed a contract. I, I I did. I've signed them. I couldn't go other places. I didn't scream about my First Amendment rights. He was making a show. He's making a show and Elon's talking about shows and talking about it like it's a show. So that's what it is. So I don't know. Well, there's, there's a small issue and a big issue. And the small issue, and it's interesting, is anti-competes and if they're enforceable. And yeah. they are. And he's adopted this catchphrase or this this go-to when you have no legitimate argument to scream First Amendment, when the First Amendment has absolutely no relevance here. None. First Amendment, again, is government shall pass no law which prohibits free speech. These are private mm-hmm. companies. You're a big boy when you get paid 10 or $20 million a year. And the contract yep. says specifically, yeah. <laughs> you will not take content to a streaming, other streaming network of any kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the language kind. is definitive. I've been in those. You've had those contracts. You know them. And That's why, why I left so many. And if you're in California, they're difficult to enforce unless you're an officer or making over a certain amount of money. He's not in. If your livelihood is put at stake, I, I, the most mendacious part of non-competes, and I'd like to see non-competes done away with. Agree. But the most mendacious part of non-competes is they now are with like hairstylists who can't walk mm-hmm. across the street to another hair salon. They're Agreed. being abused. But when you're Tucker Carlson and you sign up to go to work for Rupert Murdoch. And you have big lawyers. Or, you have big, important yeah, lawyers. at 10 or $20 million a year. And you have very expensive lawyers and agents reviewing your contract. And you have an individual uh, that will chase you to the four corners of the earth. And let me bring this back to me. Okay. Um, WPP, specifically Sir Martin Sorrell, tried to mm-hmm. acquire two of my companies. Profit, mm-hmm. my first brand strategy firm, and L2. Mm-hmm. And WPP... Basically, Sir Martin, he he pioneered the notion of securitizing and making uh, services companies investable assets. What do I mean by that? Ad agencies used to be these personality-driven companies where mm-hmm. Donnie Deutsch or Shelley Lazarus had this key relationship with the CMO of P&G and got, had huge, huge profitable businesses that were very relationship-driven and very volatile and insecure because if you lost one client 
or Shelly or Donnie decided he didn't like working for a bigger company, your investment could, could just crash. So what Martin did was he said, I know these things are very volatile assets, but if I create a mutual fund of 40 or 50 of them, they become mm -hmm. much more predictable assets. Mm -hmm. And he made them ready for public investment. And it was an incredible model because of the volatility and personality-driven nature of these companies. They traded for five to seven times EBITDA when he put them in a, a, a more less volatile, diversified mm -hmm. structure, WPP. It became worth 10 to 12 times EBITDA. So he just went out and made all of these accretive acquisitions. I get right. The purchase agreement for profit. I get the purchase agreement contract for L2. Mm -hmm. And it's a 45-page agreement that basically says, Scott, at any time I can basically sue sue you to the fucking ends of the universe. Right. Yeah. And if you piss me off, basically. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling the person, um, Sheila Spence, a mm -hmm. super smart woman, saying, why on earth would I sign this? This right. is I gotta sleep with one eye open and hope I don't piss <laughs> off Sir Martin every day. That if he just doesn't like the cut of my jib one day, he can yeah. sue me. And yeah. she went into this whole thing. Well, well you got to understand, we work with entrepreneurs. We have to cover ourselves. Yeah. We're making a big investment in you. Yeah. And we never do that. I'm like, well, if you never do yeah. it, why, why do is need... it in here? Yeah. And ultimately, both times, I decided yeah. I just can't sign this. I well, don't want to me... live this way. But guess what? Tucker what? Carlson signed it. And just to, just to finish the point, Sir Martin, I heard about this. A small agency was not doing well. Mm -hmm. They were they were offered money to be bought by another big conglomerate. They mm -hmm. just weren't getting along. It wasn't working for them. And Sir Martin decided, no, I'd rather let it die. Yeah. I'd rather let it die yeah, that. than have it go to a competitor. And he got to do that. When you're dealing with Rupert Murdoch or guys yeah. like certain, these guys do not scare he's gonna easy. Kill, he's killing. He's trying to kill his career. That, and, and that's what he signed up for. I mean, what's really interesting, I, I had a similar, a much lesser kind of thing is I, every contract I've gotten, whether it's CNBC or the New York Times, I worked under contract for both of those. I work under contract for Vox, actually, too, because I like contracts. They, they say what they say, right? But they say what they say. And you can put them in and you can negotiate the stuff out. But one of the reasons I didn't sign again with CNBC, they give you, for people who don't know, they give you a certain amount of money for exclusivity. And I was like, I'm not getting anything out of this exclusivity that's worth the money they're giving me, right? right? It's not worth yeah. it. And I, I want to go on CNN if I want to go on right. CB, CBS. I want to do whatever I want to do. And the money doesn't, you know, I just, I, I, I weigh them, right? And so it's not worth, I can make money better somewhere else. And so it, it was so onerous. It was like, you can't like do this. And I was like, I have to, you know, flack my podcast. I got to flack pivot. I got to like, I don't. It was much more lucrative. I to, got a party with Lucky. I got a party with Lucky. Um, and the same thing with the New York Times. They were like, it was a very, there was an onerous thing that was essentially, you can't make podcasts anywhere, uh, yeah. you know, in, and I was like, take it out or I'm not doing it. And they took it out. It was, it was onerous. And the, but I'm constantly looking at the phrasing in these contracts of, and I, I clarify it with them. I'm like, this means this. Please send this to me in a piece of paper that says this is precisely what it means. This guy is bullshit. It's bullshit. They're going to keep them off on the bench. They have a right to do it. I cannot stand the News Corp people. I cannot stand Rupert Murdoch, but he is, he bought him. He paid for him. He can keep him on the shelf if he wants to. But the That's two things, uh, this is a good thing. This is how society should work. Mm -hmm. The more money here, the more you are paid, the more enforceable they are. Because yeah. the decent defense is, I need to make a living. Or right. even if they find you guilty, then yeah. what are the damages? And if you're a hairdresser, the damages just aren't going to be that big. Or if you're right. a tier two anchor, the damages just wouldn't be that big. If yeah. you're Tucker Carlson mm -hmm. 
And Rupert's going to say the decline in the in the stock here, the decline in ratings across all of our shows, mm -hmm. and the distraction he has caused, the, the blatant violation of his agreement, despite the fact we continue to pay him his twenty million. They are going to rip this guy limb from limb in court. Yeah, or, this is. Or he's if they the, need him, they'll hire him again. That's the way. Look, what you know? What's interesting after that settlement, that billion dollar settlement, and more to come. No executive at Fox got fired except for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I mean, and then Chris Licht is out for doing like having but, a reporter. But these are that's <laughs> this is what we're talking here is the small issue because yeah. as media we're obsessed with media. Mm -hmm. The big issue here that warrants more attention mm -hmm. is in this ridiculous rant. This ridiculous rant. He said mm -hmm. the following thing. He said that uh, uh, Zelensky is a open quote persecutor of Christians. Yeah, this is nothing but but not even thinly veiled anti-Semitism. Oh, totally. And when you have the most, arguably the most famous news journalist or entertainment journalist, journalist or whatever you want to call him, in America, in a bow tie, on Twitter, yep. basically in a small engaging. He like, had a lot of, they had a lot of people. First episode, it. first yeah. episode, let me stir up anti-Semitic feelings among people, by the way, who are the same people who are going to believe me when in the same episode I say that mm -hmm. UFOs and extraterrestrial life are, open quote, actually real, close quote. Well, there are some questions about that, but go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, I don't know. He took I'm, it too far. Anyways, it's a little more. Anyway, let's, he took it too let's far. keep in mind, he's, okay, yeah. he's violated his non-compete. That's an issue. It's interesting. More than anything, he is a mm -hmm. raging anti-Semite. Yes. That's the big story here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, he's making a show. Elon's talked about it like shows. He's talked about it like a show. And then he's like, it's actually, he can he can still tweet. He can still tweet as much as he wants. He just can't do a show. And that's what he's doing here, 100%. Like, come on, stop it. Stop it, Tucker. And by the way, just so you know, I asked my mother, interesting, speaking of Lucky, who watched Tucker, uh, despite his insults of me, I said, are you watching him on Twitter? She's like, what? No, why? Like, you know, they're, his, that audience that, did so well for him at Fox. We'll see if, it, well, he's not going to get to do it. That's the way it's going to go. So he's going to lose. They'll, so they may settle, uh, but probably they'll keep him on the bench. So sorry, Tucker. Sorry. Lastly, the SEC, uh, speaking of badasses, the SEC suddenly woke up and they're coming for crypto's biggest players, suing both Binance and Coinbase this week. Both are accused of selling assets that should have been registered as securities, but in Binance's case, its chief executive, Cheng Pen Zhao, also known as CZ, is also accused of civil fraud. Binance is charged with siphoning off billions of dollars of customer money to a separate company owned by CZ. That's on top of nearly a dozen other charges, including manipulating investors. Both Coinbase and Binance have said they intend to fight back. At the time of his downfall, by the way, of SBF's uh, downfall, Sam Bankman-Fried's, he tweeted, SBF is one of the greatest fraudsters in history. They had a bit of a a beef between each other. But, you know, this is, the SEC hasn't been terrifically clear near the, as the government, whether it's a commodity or security. Uh, but here's Gary Gensler going for it. Thoughts? Uh, Very I, I, I just feel like we need to just finally acknowledge two truths. Mm. Uh, crypto is a levered Ponzi scheme and isn't a, theme, isn't a thing, and we just shouldn't be talking about it as much. And headsets don't work, folks. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for my TED Talk. Headsets? What do you mean headsets don't work? Well, mixed reality, weird. Oh, uh, anyways. Okay. All right. I, we're not going Isn't to that. Isn't that spatial? Isn't no. <laughs> it, it's a new paradigm in computing. Oh, 
I can't wait to wait. I'm going to send you a picture of me in it next week. But nonetheless, yes, they're going to they're going to sort out what whether it's a security or a commodity. They're going to try to fight back. These companies are in trouble. Like they really this just isn't. Of course, they're securities. Yeah, there's well, of course, they're, they're they should be regulated. They're trying to get it over at the uh, CFT or whatever commodities future trade, whatever. Do you have any thoughts on Gary Gensler on this issue? I, in my opinion. Gary Gensler and the SEC have done everything right here. I just say mm-hmm. I just wish they'd done it in X time instead of eight X. Yeah. I feel like the sheriff showing up after everyone is kind of bloody dead. And de- yeah. It's like, well, okay, it's great mm-hmm. that you're here. Yes. Uh, so, but like Gary is he's deliberate. He's very smart. He's not easily rattled. I enjoyed seeing him at your conference. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's another one of these people that I find. I find it encouraging that such talented people with a lot of options decide to go to work for the government where it is a yeah. thankless job, where everybody just second guesses them all day long. Yeah. I think Coinbase is already struggling, you know, and Binance. We'll see. Uh, Binance, I think, is probably in much more of a world of trouble than Coinbase is. Anyway, let's get to our first big story. First, a warning. The story is distressing and probably not appropriate for young listeners. So heads up. Pedophiles on Instagram are openly marketing child sexual abuse material, or CSAM, as it's called, and they're using Instagram's features to find customers. That's according to a report in the Wall Street Journal. It was a tremendous piece speaking. This is a news corp owned property. It's, an ama- it's been doing an amazing job at reporting, by the way. Let me separate that out. Um, that cites work by the Stanford Internet Observatory. This is uh, Alex Damos, who we know. They found out, uh, they found that Instagram's algorithm is helping users find accounts that market C-span, uh, CSAM. To be clear, Instagram isn't hosting it. These accounts are directing users to websites and other platforms where they can purchase materials, but Instagram is accused of making it easy for users to find these accounts through hashtags and features like suggested for you. Instagram even auto-completed some searches with terms like boys and C-P, child pornography. Uh, Stanford researchers found over 400 accounts that claim to be created by children themselves, and some accounts are offered in-person meetups. Meta's uh, response was really, well, we only found 10,000 or something, or it was was, it's very hard to catch. I've done lots of interviews of this. Very difficult, pernicious, terrible, but again, something that should be the very lowest tier of ability to stop, right? They should be able to to be doing this. Um, they've laid a lot of workers off. I was told by Alex that they have laid a lot of, they're still at it, but they have lesser workers. Meta employees told the Washington Post they worried about the effects of layoffs on platform safety. Of course, they were able to take down posts about abortion pills. So what do you think? Thoughts? Well, it's shocking, but it's not surprising. And that is, I I don't think anyone at Facebook is pro-child pornography. No. I I, I think that there are people at Meta today that are horrified about this. And Mm -hmm. the problem we have in corporate America is poor incentives where money has washed over uh, Washington and created regulatory capture where amoral people who aren't bad people, but they're amoral if they can put enough distance between them and an opioid ad- addict or a child that's being exploited, that the money that that fills the void blinds them to how directly their actions are attributed to these things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a failure of the U.S. public to elect individuals who create an algebra of deterrence. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, look, we, we had a perp walk and we had... Um, a woman and her partner go to prison for 10 plus years because she lied to her institutional investors. Right. 
the question here, I don't think any of this stops until there's a perp walk. Yeah. And then I think they figure it out. On this issue, I agree. I heartily agree. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Their current system, there's a a database of these known uh, CSAM images. Mm -hmm. The issues they are, can't detect new images. You know, it's confusing whether it's an innocent image of your kid, you know, in the pool or something like that. Or The network is what's suggesting similar accounts to users. It's helped grow the network, this AI thing. Now, there's been some legislation thoughts. The Section 230 has carved, uh, already has a carve out for prostitution and sex trafficking. Um, you know, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham wants to take it further. He backs a bill, the Earn It bill, that removes Section 30 protections from social networks so they don't adopt best practices around uh, CSAM. He's introduced the bill before, and it's it doesn't get through. Interestingly, the Stanford report said that TikTok doesn't appear to have this issue. Other networks, of course, had issues, and the Stanford team said Twitter was faster to remove accounts marketing CSAM. But they have a massive problem because he's laid off everybody. And Alex tweeted about this, the, that they don't have access, uh, th- th- that Musk has just recently cut off access, so they can't study it um, to the uh, to the API. Um, but it's embarrassing for Zuckerberg uh, because he he was someone who has said this is important. Uh, you know, this is important. I bet, I, I bet, I don't, I, I mean, um, I, I have not been a fan of, of the Zuck. I bet he's horrified by this, personally, professionally. Mm-hmm. But Instagram, Mm-hmm. starts from a place of perversion. Meaning? What does the algorithm promote and love? A mm-hmm. 16-year-old girl, and let's be honest, she's a girl, not a woman, mm-hmm. taking images of herself in, in sexualized outfits. We yeah. love that. And then you get to be evaluated by your peers and strange men all over the world. Yeah. That's fucking perverted. Yeah, I would agree. I, I had that experience. Louis was like, look at this. Like, he sh- girls putting him up that he knew. And I was like, uh. And I want to be clear. I think I- I'm one of these free the nipple people. I think on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram or wherever over the age of 18, if mm-hmm. you want to be topless as a woman, like a guy can be topless, go for it. Right. Anyone under the age of 18 should be <laughs> fully clothed. Yeah. So age gating, it gets back to this age. It goes back, issue. or maybe not even on the goddamn network. We age gate mm-hmm. everything else. Yep. But yeah. if you can, if a fifteen year old can go on and become an influencer mm-hmm. by posing in just re- incredibly sexualized positions, mm-hmm. what do you know? There's child pornography on the same right. side yeah. on, from yeah. the same yeah. company. Yeah. These are these make it easy. It makes it easy. You know, these people used to have to go to places, and uh, this the internet has made it easy. And you cannot make it easy for these well, it's people. Well, it's it's let a very unfortunate, very small group of people find each other and create network effects. Right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, and some of that is good. Right? The parents of kids with rare childhood diseases. There's some very mm-hmm. positive things, but I, it all comes back to the same thing for me. Until we yeah. see a recognizable figure in tech do a perp walk, none of this stops. They're faster than us. And until then, they have to spend the money on safety systems. Twitter cutting everybody. That's just, you know where it's going. You know where it's going. Well, uh, Facebook cover cutting people for this. Substitute have to with should. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think they, yeah, you're right. I don't think they think, feel they have to. And you know what's going to be the mother of all shit shows? And we've been talking mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. The six months before the election. Yeah. Even yeah. if Twitter decided, well, we we would give up money for some some sanctity of purity around our mm-hmm. elections and we don't want another January 6th and this is getting real. They're not, they're not going to have the, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to yeah. be able to keep up with these guys. Yep. I would agree. I, this is a, 
it's just, this was, I highly recommend reading this article. There's been a number of them like this over the years. Never seems to change. It needs to now be legislated. They need, uh, everyone should back this bill. I don't know a whole lot about it, but a bill like this where they must do it or else they suffer consequences for it and significant consequences. And maybe that protection should be taken out of Section 230. It just it seems like everybody certainly can agree. And I understand the panic around it that people try to get too panicky about generalized pornography on the internet. Look, I'm sorry, there's going to be pornography anywhere, in any medium, but this, any, you're right. And they shouldn't be on the platform. I, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff, and uh, it, it's sh- even the even the light, the stuff of what you're talking about, young girls posing. I'm. It's so so, and I I sound censorious. I sound like a, you know, but no, 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 no. I it have just promotes. Things. I have good friends whose daughters at the age of fifteen mm-hmm. are putting images of themselves on Instagram that are horrifying for their parents and their friends, mm-hmm. and then horrifying for the 15-year-old when she gets to be about 17 and 18. Yeah, yeah. And develops yeah. in her prefrontal cortex, and her judgment kicks in. Yeah, it's true. But it's- instead, Instagram's like, no, let's let let's let you make bad mistakes at scale. Yes, yep, that's because, exactly, bad mistakes at scale. Because we have algorithms that like it, and it, I mean, it just... These and pe- that's that's not even the pernicious stuff that's really absolutely child pornography and the ability for these people. These people should not be able to meet in a park. Like we should. Like I'm sorry, this is the class of people that really uh, it's sickening. It's sickening. It's sickening. Read the article. Um, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about golf branding and Saudi Arabia. Uh, we'll take a listener question about the future of Reddit. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world, believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Scott, we're back with our second big story. The biggest feud in professional golf ended in a merger. So the fight led to a merger. They were really fighting. That's what happened last week when, as the PGA Tour announced that it's joining with Saudi-backed Live Golf to form a new venture, no name yet. Um, the deal is expected to go through in a few weeks and will include Europe's uh, DP World Tour. But it's a combination of the American and Saudi groups is the most surprising. The two have been engaged in very, I would say, vicious lawsuits, including the head of the PGA essentially, uh, you know, saying, why do we want the Saudis calling them all kinds, you know, talk about 9-11, talking about uh, the murder of um, Jamal Khashoggi, et cetera, et cetera, suddenly. And he said, I know I sound hypocritical now, which of course he does, because uh, in one suit, the PGA accused Saudi Arabia of using golf to, quote, sports wash the recent history of Saudi atrocities. Now they're hanging out. Now they are hanging out. And one of the things he said on an interview was, maybe we shouldn't have been so confidential about this and let uh, and talk to more stakeholders. But boy, is this getting a lot of slapback. PGA hasn't really offered an explanation except to say, yes, they're hypocritical. Senate Democrats have called for an investigation. A Saudi's, Arabia's public investment fund will spend an untold amount, $3 billion, allegedly on the new organization. It'll probably anger some of the PGA's own golfers. Some turned down huge offers from Live to stay with the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods was reportedly offered more than $700 million to join, and he declined. So uh, what do you think? This is the biggest business story of the, of the week, if not the month, Agreed. and that effectively Agreed. what has happened is there has been a creeping takeover of a U.S. sport or an international or a Western sport mm-hmm. by the kingdom. It's not mm-hmm. the kingdom buying Man City. It's not mm-hmm. the kingdom getting Messi to come to Saudi Arabia. They own Newcastle United Football Club. Just go ahead. Anyways, mm-hmm. but what you have is an entire sport has acquiesced to what Logan Roy would say is that money wins. Mm-hmm. And Jay Monahan should be fired. And at some point, Agreed. at some point, when you grab the hands of 9-11 widows and invoke <laughs> 9-11 as moral reason why we can't do this, and it's not Tiger Woods that lo- really lost out here. Mm-hmm. It was a tier two golfer. Sports, I mean, you got, in golf, you're, you're 10 years longer. You maybe have 15 mm-hmm. years to ne- make enough money to maintain your family's lifestyle, which they have gotten used to, a superstar lifestyle for the next 50 years when a lot of these guys don't know what they're going to do other than maybe buy an auto dealership. You know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're never yeah. going to make that kind of money again. And one of the worst things that can happen to you is when you make millions of dollars in your 20s and 30s and then tens of thousands in your 40s and 50s. Unlike right, most right. careers. Because mm-hmm, it's all gone. Where you get better as you get older, sports mm-hmm. you get worse at as you get older. There are a lot of, t- imagine you're a tier two golfer. These guys came at you and said, join Live. We'll give you mm-hmm. 30 to $50 million over the next five years. You're financially secure. And you bought into this, this xenophobic nationalism, moral righteousness rap, and you turned it down. And now you're finding out that Jay Moynihan, as he was holding the hands of 9-11 widows, was negotiating with them. And now they don't get that money. They're now working yeah. for a monopoly and all yeah, of their monopoly. pricing power has gone away and they got to sign up for the same deals they've always had. Uh, it, well, do you think it'll get pushed back? I don't know. I agree. He should be fired. This is just, a, he was, they had high dudgeon about the Saudis and now they're, oh, well, you know, we don't want to compete. 
We don't want to compete. We and want to maintain our monopoly status, and we're outgunned. That's out right, and they're hurting us because they're spending money. And, of course, that's what the Saudis do. They This is sports washing, no question. This is a, a, a from a Twitter user, James Heskey, I thought was one of the best tweets. As part of the merger, the PGA will control holes 1 through 8 and 12, 16, uh, and the Saudis will do 9-11. So I want to be clear. I'm actually, <laughs> I believe we need to engage with the kingdom. With, I think it's hard to find sure. moral clarity in geopolitics. Uh, the kingdom is becoming a swing vote on the global stage, fourth largest military. I actually think that MBS doesn't get enough credit for pivoting to capitalism. I am I am less hateful of the kingdom than a lot of people. And I've been to mm-hmm. Riyadh. This mm-hmm. is gross. Specifically, mm-hmm. Jay Monahan, when it's it reminds me a little bit, but on steroids, of these tech people that pretend to be all yeah. woke, yeah. and then their employees actually say, "Well, we would really like, you know, you know, you know, we daycare. need some money." We need, they're visiting we, Yasser, who runs. We the need tiff. daycare, and they're like, "Well, no." Yeah. It, it, he brings his 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 moral superiority to work every day to mm-hmm. try and convince young men who have a limited tenure in terms of their ability to make money to not take the quote-unquote dirty oil money, and then mm-hmm. he takes it, and yeah. he's negotiating as he's yep. preaching. Yep, Boss, agreed. I, here's well, a check. Go the fuck home and be a raging yep. hypocrite somewhere else. But the yep, sad part is, I agree. the sad part is, it won't matter. It mm-hmm. won't matter. Do you think it goes through? Maybe it doesn't go through. I, I, if think. this gets politically hot enough, could there be a Sifius yeah, review or something? Hot. Yeah, let's make it politically hot. Before he was, it reminds you of Donald Trump, who accused the Saudis of having links to 9-11, which they did. Um, and, of course, he changed his tune when he got billions of dollars. These people are bought and paid for. It's and, sickening. And that's that, fine. I it, hope the 9-11 <laughs> victims, peop, uh, the families, go after this. I hope the, I hope our elected officials do. Not just the, the Republicans should do it too. This is just Look, astonishing. If, if Jay Moynihan had said, "I'm a capitalist. We're going to do what's mm-hmm. best for shareholder value," I respect that. And the and the kingdom has more money. The kingdom basically did the PGA what Amazon did to almost every retailer and Netflix did all cable companies. They just came yeah. in with an army of capital that no one could compete with. Yeah, and and but there is an antitrust uh, question. Uh, last year, the PGA announced it would ban players who left to join Live. Live sued, saying the PGA has a monopoly on professional golf. It does that suit is going away? But Live thought uh, if Live thought that was a monopoly, then what is this? Would we say a, mon- a, a bigger monopoly. monopoly? A bigger monopoly. A monopoly that's better funded now. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like this is, I think this brings up a host of issues, but w- what really people, I mean, this is, when you think about this, the kingdom has done a creeping takeover of Not an entire things. sport. This yeah. isn't buying the Tampa Can Bay Buccaneers. the Chinese doing this, trying this number? No, that's the, I agree. I, I know we have to deal with the Saudis, obviously. But honestly, as soon as we don't have to, I'll be thrilled. As soon as we get to nuclear and other energies, uh, you know, renewables, et cetera, I'm thrilled to leave them behind, these people. Well, um, but, uh, but, but of course we have to deal with them. But this, you're, imagine the Chinese doing this. Imagine. Yeah, but I don't, I, I, I want to be wouldn't clear. let it happen. I think the deal should go through. I wouldn't try and block the deal. Oh, I would. Because I do think it's going to be good for golf. I think capitalism is important. I think the players are going to make more money. I think the different affiliates, I think it's going to be good for the U.S. economy and U.S. golfers and European golfers. Ugh. And uh, I think money wins uh, in this case. I really do. I if you're yes. going to start, if you're going to start pretending to give a flying fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> about, about LGBTQ rights in the Gulf mm-hmm. and use that as a means to influence mm-hmm. impressionable young people who look up to you as the head mm-hmm. of that organization, and you and they they turn down capital and economic security, 
and you invoke all of these very emotionally yeah. manipulative call signs yeah. as you are negotiating with these folks. Yeah. Get, get out of town. I mean, get out of town. Uh, Jay, get the fuck out of town. It, get out of town. It, it, it really is. And, and here's what it says it says what all of these. What they say to themselves as they're it, doing it? It says, it sends all these signals to young mm-hmm. men, male and female CEOs that it's okay to lie. Have no shame. PGA, have no shame. Shame. You're shameful. It's it's literally like there is no decorum anymore. Well, you know, it's all the Silicon Valley people rushing to Saudi Arabia and kissing their ass to get money. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's fine. I've kissed a lot of ass for I don't want to hear a word one for them about anything else. That's all. They're just, they've got bought and paid for. Which is fine. Okay. If that's how you want to look. I just, I can't imagine how he could have said these things publicly and then been in meetings. I, you know, and the guy who did it, Yasser, I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, uh, is the head of PIF. He was on the board of Uber. Everybody likes Yasser. You know, he's very friendly. And although at the time when he was, when the Saudis were investing in, Uber, a lot of people on the board were like, we, and it was right around the Khashoggi stuff, were trying to get him off, you know, because of the, obviously, the implications of that. Anyway, well done, Yasser, but you're, you're sports washing, and it doesn't matter what you do, you're still sports washing. And Jay, go fuck yourself, correct? Is that the correct answer? For I agree with the latter part of that. I, I think okay. American companies and organizations should engage commercially and financially with the kingdom. They're still sports washing. Uh, no doubt. And and uh, whatever. And a midlife, and a lot of men spend a lot of money on sports teams to impress their fourth wife and pretend they're never going to die. I get uh, it. They also didn't kill a journalist and dismember him. Okay. But but at some point, does that, okay. So do we no longer engage with, with the kingdom forever? We do. No. No, not at all. But this is a this is a win. This is a win for them. This 100%. And guess what? We wouldn't let the, the deepest Chinese pocket do it. wins a lot. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't let the Chinese have the deepest pockets. They wouldn't. We wouldn't let them do it ever, ever. Think yeah, about. I think, think that's of, an, I name think that's another an interesting country. Point. I think that's an what country point. Would, would we let, let okay. the Chinese take over PGA or the tennis store? Never. Well, they've Never. taken over media, Kara. They're trying. They're with TikTok. No, they have. They've what taken over under the age of twenty-five. They have taken over media. Yes, yes, that is correct. Which meet, but people are all up in arms about it. So um, some uh, of so, us. Well, you Some are, of I us. Know. Many of us are. Anyway, <laughs> in any case, Jay, go fuck yourself. Scott and I agree you should go fuck yourself. You know what's shocking that surprised me? Golf is on a tear. Is it? Golf is doing really well. I just met with this guy, Angus, from a from a Scottish private equity firm, just because I'm Scottish and trying mm-hmm. to figure out a way to do, work more with Scotsmen. Mm-hmm. And they're investing in this fantastic concept called Putt Shack. Mm-hmm. I love anything that gets families out of the house and together. Do you golf? Do and you it's technology. I used to golf, and then I decided once I got out of the service industry and no longer felt the need to have father-son relationships with clients, <laughs> I gave it up forever. I can't. Yeah. I, 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 if I've never played golf again, I'm fine. Yeah. Anyways. The Swisher boys play golf. It, it's a it's a wonderful sport, and it's addictive. But these things are amazing. You go, and it's like, it's called, it's kind of technology-driven golf, and they do all these fun holes, and you can drink, mm-hmm. and then it tells you what your score is, mm. and it gamifies it. Anyways, I'm thinking about investing in putt-shack. Okay, putt shack. Okay, putt shack. But golf is on fire. Get this: rounds played in 2021 increased 19 percent. Mm. About 20 percent of American sports fans follow golf compared to American football. Mm. I thought golf ten years ago. I would have guessed that golf 
was a structure in structural decline and it's not yeah. it's doing really okay. well all right Anyways. well pickleball pickleball everybody okay scott let's get if, if the saudis come for pickleball i'm getting in their way um okay scott let's uh pivot to a listener question you've got you've got i can't believe i'm gonna be a mailman you, you, you've got mail Hey, Kara and Scott. I'm wondering if you guys have a take on the chaos that's been going on on Reddit this week. Reddit announced that ahead of uh, their IPO going public later in 2023, they are going to begin charging third-party apps for use of their API, which will force most of these third-party apps to shut down and funnel the majority of users to the official Reddit app. Uh, I'm curious how a company like Reddit uh, presents themselves as a profitable company to investors without alienating a user base that is by and large pretty resistant to being advertised to uh, or becoming the commodity in terms of eyeballs that are sold to advertisers. Thanks. Bye. That's a great question. We were going to talk about Reddit because they had layoffs this week, about 90 people at 5% of the workforce. Hmm. Uh, they definitely are mad about these, angry about these API changes. A lot of people are doing this. Twitter's doing it. Many people are charging for API. They say third-party apps help with issues like accessibility for visually impaired people. Many of Reddit's volunteer moderators use bots to help with moderation tasks. These bots cost money after the API change. Many Reddit communities plan to go dark on uh, June 12th in protest. But most networks ban third-party apps. Twitter did it. They're, they're all of them. Um, you can't do it with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the popular third-party app for YouTube shut down after a legal threat from Google. My sons use Reddit all the time for video. And at some point, they need to make money from all that usage, presumably. You know, isn't that precious that there's apps and APIs that don't want to be charged money for something that was free? And there's two mm -hmm. sides of the trade. Go somewhere else that brings you the mm -hmm. same value that's free. Well, this is a company that was more shaggy than others. It's a for-profit firm. It's yeah. got investors. It's got employees with stock options that want their own economic security. This is about, and I understand there's a nice vibe there and a nice culture. I, I think this will be almost meaningless. There'll be a loud vocal minority that'll take to Twitter. There'll be a few high-profile, you know, Birkenstock will remove their presence from Amazon. <laughs> Less Birkenstock than dude at Reddit, but go ahead. And Reddit is prepping for an IPO. Mm -hmm. um, this will- Which they've had to delay. Is that right? I mean, but yeah. clear, I, I think Reddit is phenomenal. I think they do a great job. And, yeah. but I just don't, I, I think this is what every other company that's serious about profitability and going public does. And there's two sides of the trade. If, if you're unhappy, go somewhere else. Yeah, one of the things that reminds me of many years ago, Twitter used to be super uh, third-party app friendly, um, and then one day they weren't. And I remember the meeting they had. You know, they had those Twitter. They had had those. I forget what it was called, the Bird Conference or whatever. I was at it with I think Dick Costa was the CEO, um, and everybody was up in arms that they were, you know, that they had sort of sidelined a lot of the third-party apps and who had grown, you know, they had encouraged them for years. So people would use Twitter. And then they're like, guess what? The Twitter app is all that counts. And and I remember a lot of these third-party app people being shocked. Like, they're like, Kara, can you believe it? I'm like, yeah, like you're, you're, you're riding off their dime. Facebook did the same thing when it cracked down for lots of reasons on third-party apps. Um, it is about the business, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter or any of these things charging for, it's, it seems inevitable. I don't, you know, it's a nice thing to be able to give, but they need to make money. Correct? 100%. That's, it. That's where it is. We're sisters from another mother on this. Tonight, we're agreeing on so many things. Um, Third-party apps can, other groups do 
push it, Mastodon and other Fediverse services encourage developers to build their own apps. And it can create a really exciting ecosystem. Often the company buys the most popular of those in the end, you know, the one that's most creative. And it does, it definitely leads to creativity around usage of these things because the companies, you have to wait for the company's app to update or be, to add features and stuff like that. So there are good parts of these third-party apps, but ultimately they always end up being, you know, at the mercy of the bigger companies. And they change. They always end up charging or limiting or whatever. They I've give it away it. to build traffic and affinity, yep. and then they start typically charging. That's the yep. model. And yep. I think as a percentage of gross revenue, retailers on the on Amazon, third party retailers have gone from something like twenty four percent of revenue to Amazon to fifty. I mean, this is just yep. this is how the game is played. The bigger question is. Is a specific industry, and I don't know what you would call this subset of this industry. Mm-hmm. Is it so concentrated? that they have monopoly power and they need to be broken up. I think that's a fair question that should be asked. But as Absolutely. It, but as it relates to a group of people, you know, getting upset, well, okay, you know. Yeah. It, well, Amazon gets in It'll be a lot less some... expensive than a mixed reality headset. <laughs> Stop with that. I'm going to see it. I'm so excited to see it. Oh, God. In any case, Reddit person, sorry, so sorry. Guess what? It's, it is capitalism after all. The, the CEO, Steve Huffman, probably would say the same. Anyway, if you've got a question of your own that you'd like answered, send it our way. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Support for Pivot comes from Hidden Layer. It seems like everywhere you look, industries are turning to generative AI. We talk about it a lot on this show. Businesses can generate more ideas, answers, connections, solutions, and momentum. But at the same time, security teams are forced to slow down that progress so they can make sure AI adoption is safe and responsible. Hidden Layer's AI detection and response platform secures generative AI and large language models from malicious attacks, leaking of confidential information, and intellectual property theft. Hidden Layer helps you generate more by enabling seamless, secure generative AI. Here's how it works. AI detection and response protects businesses from potential attacks by monitoring and analyzing the inputs and outputs of their generative AI applications, blocking harmful transactions and alerting security teams in real time, allowing organizations to accelerate their AI adoption with speed. Customers in finance, technology, healthcare, and even the U.S. Department of Defense trust Hidden Layer to protect their AI today. Plus, Hidden Layer was named Most Innovative Startup at RSA, the most significant cybersecurity conference in the nation. With Hidden Layer, go from pause to possibilities. Generate more with Hidden Layer. Visit hiddenlayer.com slash pivot to learn more about Hidden Layer's AI detection and response solution. Okay, Scott, let's hear a prediction. I've been, so, this is the third prediction I got right. I'm just saying, I'm getting good at it. I'm learning at your feet, oh, yeah. so to speak. Um, so mine are, my, I have two that are really boring. The first is Jay Monahan. I love the term that someone used for Chris Licht, that he'd lost the room. Mm-hmm. Jay Monahan has lost the locker room. Ah, yes. I can't imagine how many <laughs> golfers who stood to make 10 to $100 million Right. Over the next few years have now been totally hosed. Totally fucked. Mm-hmm. Because now they work for the same monopoly they used to. And Liv's gonna say, Oh, okay, great. You know, you're now in a worse negotiating position than you were. And they're like, Jay, we fucked up. We believed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that he's gone. 
Yeah, uh, all the agents must be calling him. And I think that hook. that in order they'll they'll try and put a good face on it and say, and Jay will declare victory and say, this is a good moment for me to move on. Mm-hmm. He's out. Okay. And then I think the next big issue we're going to hear about in the president. Maybe he could work at CNN, but go ahead. There you go. Uh, there you go. Just, yeah. Um, did I tell you Chris Licht offered me a show and then he was you fired did. 11 we days about later? talked earlier. You're, you're, you are typhoid Mary, as you said, but go oh ahead. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's not happening, Scott. Just yeah. FYI. No, I've gotten used to that. <laughs> I've gotten used to my face for stay podcasting. Stay away from very nice Amy and tell us. You stay yeah, away from her. Yeah, no, yeah, trust me. No one's going to call me. Anyways, and then I think the political hot potato that's about to emerge in the presidential race, especially mm-hmm. on the Republican side as they go after Biden, is um, the listening station and facility that the Chinese are building yes. in Cuba. Oh, that's going to be a big deal. I agree. I agree. For people who don't know, uh, there's just a report in several news organizations that China is paying Cuba to create a listening station 100 miles from the U.S., mm-hmm. which, of course, they would do. It's the, sort of uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis 2.0 cyber version. I think it's a big deal. Do you have any predictions? I do. I do think the entry of Chris Christie into this. The pre- I didn't see that. How was it? Oh, he's so funny. He's so, he's really good. I really, you know, a friend of mine worked for him when he was a prosecutor in New Jersey, um, a federal prosecutor, and said he's the most talented uh, speaker, you know, argument, argument maker that, and not a, not a fan of his politics in any way, but was like, had to give it to him kind of thing. And I got to agree, he's, he's already on the move, uh, doing really good explanations of why Trump sucks. Uh, uh, He's being the flak jacket and he's, I don't know if it's effective, but I have to tell you, my again, my mom was like, "Well, did did Trump cause all that deficit? I didn't know." Like, and mm-hmm. now, she, and it was interesting. I was like, "Oh yeah," and she goes, "She goes, well, that's terrible." And I'm like, "Huh, interesting." Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, it works. I think he's going to be a really interesting. I think he's going to. People think he's not going to be effective. I think he's going to be very effective at at calling out a lot of the the Trump stuff that's ridiculous. Just you know, the Chris the Christie comes line. across as authentic. He does. He's really, I mean, he was way too close with Trump, obviously, but, um, and that's where, that's where he'll get dinged is like, you mm-hmm. liked him until you hated him. But you know what? That's so what? So what? I don't care about that. Uh, he also did a really good thing. I guess Trump calls him fat, which is sort of pot kettle kind of situation. Mm-hmm. He had a great comeback for that, too. It just, he's really good. At, it's really a, a mistake to argue with him. I think he's going to be effective. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. I like it. Mike Pence, less so. Although he was pretty firm against Trump. What he did, interestingly, I'll finish on this, is he was on Dan, Dana Bash. He was on CNN. Mm-hmm. A very good interview. Dana did a good job. He said, Anyone who violates the Constitution should never be president. Anyone who tries to make someone violate the Constitution shouldn't be president. He's referring to Trump. Mm-hmm. And then she asks, will you support the Republican nominee? And he goes, yes, no matter who. <laughs> so it was like, okay, that makes what? sense. Like, you're like, oh, God, Mike Pence, mm-hmm. consult the Bible immediately. Cause this is really crazy. All right, Scott, that's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday with more Pivot. And lots of news, I think. The indictment for Trump is coming down. There's all kinds of stuff. Well, hopefully the haze will be gone. Uh, please read us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Neyman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Undertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Neil Severio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Two things. The first is lucky. The second is jello shots. They had jello shots at, at the at the event, by the way. They were oh, good. Really? Yeah.
Let's do those in college. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.